I'm Lillian Vasquez, and this is Inland Edition. Norton Air Force Base, located east of downtown San Bernardino, opened shortly after the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1942 and closed in 1994 as a result of base realignment and closure actions. Some of the former base property is now operating as the San Bernardino International Airport. Breeze Airways will begin non-stop passenger service between San Bernardino and San Francisco in early August. So today on Inland Edition, we've invited Mark Gibbs, Director of Aviation for San Bernardino International Airport, to share information and updates about the airport and the new passenger service. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today, Lillian. So soon, the San Bernardino International Airport will have a new airline flying passengers in and out of San Bernardino. Will you share first about the history of the San Bernardino International Airport, kind of where it started and then how it is to this point? You bet. So this SBD International Airport was historically the Norton Air Force Base. Going back in history a little bit, there was what was called from the federal level, the Base Realignment and Closure Act, uh, commonly referred to as BRAC. And it was really a realignment of the way that uh, the United States deployed their military assets. When that occurred, it started under the first Bush administration and continued and was effectuated under the Clinton administration. Mm From that process, the Norton Air Force Base, which is today, again, the SBD International Airport, it was actually the first airport to close under the BRAC process. And in our case, that meant in 1992, uh, that's when that transition initially occurred. The International Airport has been there a while. What did it do to sustain itself and to keep going? You bet. And, you know, it was there was not a great template for that transition back then. Uh, so again, yeah, I had a lot less gray hair back in 1992 <laughs> than myself, uh, but it was a long road. I like to divide it into chapters, and that first chapter uh, was really about transferring the property. You know, the, the military gave up a big property, and they had a difficult time doing it. Military is not accustomed to things like, you know, transferring property deeds, and it was a big process. So what that meant was there were a lot of lawyers in a room and they worked on uh, transferring the property, but none of that could happen until all of the environmental remediation had taken place. And that was a long process. There was 10 years of cleaning up the property and also all the legal legwork that was required to transfer the deed and all the easements that came along with it. Uh, So that first chapter, as I like to call it, was about 10 years. And the second 10 years, once the property was transferred, then it was a matter of rebuilding it. And that rebuilding meant big infrastructure projects. So that meant replacing the runway, which is a big project. It's a $35 million project. It also meant rehabilitating taxiways, putting the air traffic control tower back in service, rewiring the airfield, rehabilitating all of the large hangars constructing a domestic terminal, constructing an international terminal, constructing an executive terminal, rebuilding a fuel farm, you know, really large and big significant investments that took a lot of money and, and frankly, a lot of time. So that was really the, the second chapter in the aviation's redevelopment process. That's when I joined the airport. I joined in 2003 as an operations officer and we've worked my way up since that time. 
Uh, but then the third chapter, once all of the aviation assets were in place, you know, there wasn't a lot of activity at the airport, whether it was business activity uh, or whether it was flight activity. And so the third chapter, which began in about 2014, mm. was about getting that message out that the doors were open for aviation business at SBD. And during that time period, we took a hard look at ourselves and thought, who do we want to be when we grow up? <laughs> then we began to take a, a strategic approach to building the, the necessary markets that an airport of this size would need to grow and flourish over time. And, and that began about 2014. Since that time, we've had a lot of aviation activity move to the airport because there's a lot of great advantages to, to SBD that we can talk about a little more in the future. But now we're entering into the fourth chapter, uh, which is commercial airline passenger service. All right. I'm going to hold you there because I want to get to that. I want to go back about some of these other chapters first. So from a civilian perspective, longtime resident, it looked to us like there was nothing going on, right? And I'm sorry to say that, but that's what it looked like from, from my perspective, and I'm sure many others' perspective, like what's going on over there, it's never doing anything. So in 1992 to 2014, it's a long time. Who was paying and how were things getting done? Give me a little bit of that so the community understands what was going on in the financial aspect of it. You bet. And, and that's a fair assessment. When I took the job here in 2003, one of my brothers laughed at me and asked me if they're going to have enough money to pay me. <laughs> he, he wasn't no all joke. that wrong. No joke, right? He wasn't right? all that wrong. Yeah, it was, it was a difficult time for the airport, but not just the airport. It was a difficult time for the entire community surrounding right. the airport. When the Air Force Base closed, over 10,000 jobs were lost. It was a bit of a local depression. You know, during the military days, so much industry had built up around the airport to support the Norton Air Force Base. And when it closed, it was devastating to the community. So when the airport transferred, all of the airport property itself, that went to the airport authority, the newly created airport authority, which is what's called a joint powers authority. So the property itself is owned by the city of San Bernardino, the city of Colton, the city of Loma Linda, the oh. city of Highland, and the county of San Bernardino. Those are the five joint owners of the property. And the charge of the airport was to bring back aviation activity and to operate it as a commercial airport facility. But the other entity that was born was a separate and distinct joint powers authority, and that's called the Inland Valley Development Agency. And they took all of the non-airport property to redevelop and bring back jobs to the community that were lost. We're very proud to say in 2016, we finally brought back more jobs than were lost. And as late as 2020, we don't have the full year numbers for 2021, but in 2020, that number had reached 14,421 permanent jobs brought back. And that's primarily from the uh, business community that surrounds the airport. That was part of the Norton Air Force Base property, right? So the airport authority is the uh, what everyone would associate with the airport today. It's got a big fence around it. Yes. It's the airport property. But <laughs> what brought back the jobs was the Inland Valley Development Agency. And their sole goal was to bring back economic activity to the region. And they've done a great job making that happen. Uh, but you're right, for many years, it appeared as though 
there was nothing happening at the airport. And we kind of gained that reputation for a while. But again, that's where the strategic thinking came into place because during all that building period that no one from the outside could see what was actually happening on the inside. Right. We're focusing on bringing back aviation activity. And so that messaging was really business to business messaging, because if you don't have a commercial passenger airline, then you have not a lot to focus on the local community as to what's happening at the airport. But we were gaining a lot of traction in the aviation community during that. So let me ask you about that. So passengers not yet coming, but cargo was going in and out, right? So did that kind of start the runways getting hot? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we essentially have five business lines on the airport. Uh, air cargo, uh, corporate aviation, general aviation, maintenance operators, and now commercial passenger service. Uh, it's, it's kind of uh, aligned with, I think, most commonly, uh, like a Long Beach. Long Beach has all that large suite of services, and that's kind of how you know SBD is as well. Four of our business lines have been very successful over the last six years. Okay. And the one that people see the most is air cargo. Right. So that's really taken off. From my perspective, that's kind of sustaining it and keeping it going and building for sure. But now I want to talk about the fact that the airport will soon have passenger traveling and you've partnered with Breeze Airways. Share a little bit about Breeze Airways and their history and why they have become your partner. You bet. We're really excited to partner with Breeze. They're a fairly new airline. They began operating in uh, April of 2021. That's really new. (laughs) That's not just fairly new. new. Yeah, Yeah. and we were part of their West Coast announcement that just occurred on March 8th. So they started on the East Coast uh, with their primary location in Florida, and they recently announced 30 new city pairs that included SBD. So SBD will begin operating with Breeze Airlines on August 4th, and the initial route is between here and San Francisco, and that's daily. So it'll be a 8 a.m. departure from SBD, arriving at San Francisco at 9.30, and then turning around at 10.10 and arriving back in San Bernardino at noon. The assumption is they're going to stay in San Francisco for a couple of days, because otherwise um, there's no flight going back except for the the 10.10. Just literally the aircraft is turning around and, and going back, right? That's right. Of all the other markets that uh, Breeze announced of the 30, uh, San Bernardino is actually the only one that has daily service out of that announcement. So we're pretty excited about that. We think it's a great thing and and will hopefully lead to more service in the future. I mean, the reality is the Inland Empire is the most underserved market in the entire United States. We're the 13th largest at almost 5 million uh, people in population Yet the number of seats available in this market is, I mean, Oklahoma uh, <laughs> has more passenger seats available to them than the Inland Empire, yeah. which forces everyone to drive to, you know, long drive times to L.A. I mean, I like LAX, but the reality is you never quite know in Southern California how long it's going to take you to get there. And that's that's difficult 
the Inland well, Empire needs more travel options. I would see that LAX wouldn't necessarily be your your competition, although they can get lower prices, but the commute is just, for some, just not worth it. We do have Ontario International Airport, and I would see them as a little bit more of your competition in this uh, Inland Empire region. But having a second one in the area certainly isn't going to hurt us. You're listening to Inland Edition on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We're speaking with Mark Gibbs, Director of Aviation for the San Bernardino International Airport. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out why the Bay Area was selected for Breeze Airways' new nonstop service from the airport. Please stay with us. This is Inland Edition. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We're talking to San Bernardino International Airport's Director of Aviation, Mark Gibbs. Breeze Airways will begin daily non-stop passenger service between San Bernardino and San Francisco this summer. Mark, tell us why San Francisco was selected as the destination for this new service. You know, airlines take a really hard look at market pairs and which ones make the most sense for them. And, and we're excited about San Francisco for a lot of reasons. It's a destination for businesses. It's a destination for families that want to take a vacation. It's a gateway to the entire world. So you can get anywhere from San Francisco as well. So we really like that market. We think it makes a lot of sense. There are others that make sense as well, but out of the gate for San Francisco to hit on all of those notes, we think is, is great for travelers options. Now, you mentioned that Breeze Airlines was a relatively new airline, 2021, but it also has the history with JetBlue, right? I guess the owner. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, We're really excited about Breeze. They offer a great product and and I love their slogan. Their whole slogan is we're going to be nice to people. And it's, it's a mantra with them. They really do care about their customers and they're nice to them. And yet, They've got a, a low price point. So they're affordable fares. The initial fares were $49 to San Francisco, which we think is attractive for everyone in the region, particularly with new service. Uh, but Dave Neeleman is a bit of a legend in the aviation industry. This is the fifth airline that he's founded. One of the most common names that people associate him with is JetBlue Airways, which he, uh, he founded, as well as Morris Air, WestJet up in Canada, and Azul down in Brazil. Uh, so he's ha- he's got a long... Right, so uh, he's, a, he's been around, and that's what not, I was trying to establish, that Breeze has some yeah. history and some family behind it, for, for sure. The price is low for now. With the fuel costs as they are, how long do you anticipate, or do they anticipate, whoever's setting the prices, that they can sustain that with the, the way fuel, fuel prices are? And you need more bodies to get on the plane so they're not empty. So what's the plan? Yeah, fuel prices are an important input for airlines. There's there's no two ways about it. It's a big part of their costs. But you know, if, if you're thinking about either driving to San Francisco, all of a sudden, you know, spreading those costs. And I mean, if you're talking about a $49 fare to San Francisco, I don't know if it's going to change based on fuel prices, but I can tell you, it starts to look more attractive to fly than to drive to San Francisco. And I think sometimes the hassle of driving somewhere, sitting in the airport, waiting, gasoline prices the way they are, this is a great option. And because the airport won't be heavily busy, I'm guessing that the wait time won't be so so great. 
how will you get those initial people on that first flight? Who will be on that flight? Well, you know, we like to think it's a breeze, Lillian. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's one of the advantages of, of having a, a local airport available to residents throughout the Inland Empire. You know, you don't have to deal with long travel times to airports that are outside of the region. The whole point of San Bernardino uh, to San Francisco is that it's a local market. It's close to home without a lot of gridlocked traffic. So instead of having that long block time, or yeah, maybe it does make sense if you have to drive two to three hours to LAX, call it, uh, and then take an hour flight before you know it, you've matched it with your car time. But if you've got an airport that is, you know, 20 minutes from your house, now all of a sudden that equation starts to make sense to fly to San Francisco from San Bernardino. Right. Are there other locations on the horizon? So this is our first. It needs to be successful. And if it is, we think there's going to be more. I mean, the industry's watching. Other carriers are watching. We recognize that. Breeze recognizes that. But, you know, we have to prove the success. This is our first market and, and it's important to us. And we think San Francisco is the right market for them. And we're doing everything that we can as the airport to make that travel experience a really good one. And that includes our, our parking rates. I mean, my goodness, it's $5 to park at San Bernardino. Uh, that's a pretty good deal. $5 a day? $5 a day. Okay. Because this is your first agreement, can I ask how many years you guys are in this agreement for so we have an idea looking forward? Is it a three-year, five-year? Can you yeah, share that? Yeah, we've got a two-year agreement, which is longer than most in the industry. So we're pretty excited about that. It gives our market a bit of time to develop, and we're confident that it will. Again, people need more travel options from the Inland Empire. If you go back a few years, there used to be a lot more service from the Inland Empire to the Bay Area. A lot of that's evaporated while the population has increased by 25% over the last dozen years. Uh, so we think there's a lot of options to get people out of the cars and make that experience you know, more convenient, more accessible. How will the airport engage in the community to let the community know? I know it's shows like this, but What's on the game plan for your team to let people know that this is an option, that this is here, and it's right here in our own backyard? What's, what's the game plan there? Getting the word out is, is really important to us. People haven't historically looked for San Bernardino when they're considering their travel options by air. And, and we recognize we have to get that message out. And uh, we're going to be doing that a little closer into the flight. We're in the planning stages of, uh, of getting that message out in a big way. Uh, when people are closer to making that decision, you know, when and where they're going to fly from. So to get to the to Breeze's site, people can visit spdairport.com or fly SPD, either one. And we've got a link to them on our website. Buying a Breeze ticket, you don't go to Travelocity or Orbitz. They like to keep their fees as low as they can. So it's similar to Southwest in that respect. Southwest, mm -hmm. the only way to buy a ticket on Southwest is to go to their website Breeze is the same way, which is flybreeze.com. But again, they, they focus on keeping the fares as attractive as they can, yet offering a passenger experience that's really good. Um, we think they're the right carrier for San Bernardino because that's kind of in our DNA. There are other airlines out there that are not costly to fly, but the Spirit being one of them, and but doesn't have the best reputation for customer service. Because cost is an important thing. 
I like cost, but I also like good customer service. I like to be welcomed or treated politely when I'm on someone's aircraft. You bet. And, and so do we, Lillian. And, and that's an important focus to us. I think one of the things that people will find traveling on Breeze is David Neilman has a long history of providing good service on the products that he's offered. That holds true for all of his airlines that he's ever established. Customers matter, and he recognizes that. And that's one of the reasons we're excited to work with him. We think that's a great fit for SBD as well, because I'm with you. We all like to be treated well, and we're so happy that they recognize that. Let me ask in our last few minutes together, kind of the financial impact that you expect to see. Will you be staffing up so you have the staff to accommodate this in August? Um, What will be the economic impact for our community that you anticipate? You bet. The economics of airlines uh, are pretty significant. It's different than, say, cargo or maintenance organizations, which are very labor-intensive. We brought a lot of jobs back to the airport. About 4,500 are working on the airport today, uh, which is really exciting. Airlines offer a different impact, though. Instead of it being jobs focused on the airport, it's really the passengers that come through and need a hotel to stay at or you know, go to local restaurants or go to the local things that there are to do in the community, whether that's the mountain communities or the downtown areas throughout the Inland Empire. It's not a spend on the airport. It's really a spend around the airport that, that helps lift all those boats. And, and that's one of the reasons we're really excited about it. It's a great thing for the community, brings travelers here uh, and keeps uh, local dollars local. Okay. Now, here's a question you might not want particularly like, but I'm going to ask it. Talk to me about air quality and the community around it. Where have the battles been or where are the talks about this? Yeah, you bet. Whenever we have the opportunity to invest in uh, clean energy, we always do. So at our terminal, for example, when it was constructed, which was a decade ago, we had solar then. We've done it at several of our buildings. We're early adopters in that respect, as well as our executive terminal. We invest in clean energy there, as well as our requirements with Amazon Air. They were the first carrier in the world, the first cargo carrier in the world to have an all-electric fleet. And that was a huge investment on their side. So whenever we can invest in green energy, whenever we can influence our partners to invest in green energy, you know, that's important to us. It's important to California. And frankly, it's good business at the same time. And lastly, where is the location? I know we, we talk overall of the scope of it's the former Norton Air Force Base, but where specifically? How do we get there? So the good news about San Bernardino Airport is it, it's accessible by uh, north, south, east, and west. We're two miles from any given freeway entrance. So the location of the terminal is 105 North Leland Norton Way, and it's readily accessible off of Tippy Canoe Avenue. Take that to Harry Shepard, and uh, you'll be able to enter right into the airport from there. So we're trying to make it uh, fast, easy, and convenient. What would you say it's near? It's kind of close to the um, Stater Brothers Corporation, not too far from there, if people know where that. I just feel like it's kind of back in there, and, and people might not know where it is, other than when they say the former Norton Air Force Base. Yeah, you bet. And we're investing in roadway signs to help that, okay. uh, <laughs> that traveling distance so it's easier to find. 
We're also upgrading the roadway system within the airport to make it easier to find and, and more convenient. Uh, so yeah, we, we recognize again, we're, we're a new airport. People may not be accustomed to driving <laughs> to. Fortunately, most of us rely on the maps on our phones uh, to get most places. True. True. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know, but, no. uh, but we are making the investments in signage to, to help people the wayfinding to get to the airport. Okay. Mark Gibbs is the Director of Aviation for the San Bernardino International Airport. Mark, thanks so much for your time, and I hope everything flies away. Lillian, thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you passing through the terminal here in the near future as well. More on the San Bernardino International Airport, including information on new nonstop service to San Francisco beginning in August, can be found on their website, sbdairport.com sbdairport.com. We'll put a link with this episode on the Inland Edition program page. Join us again next week for Inland Edition, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and 6.30 right here on KVCR. To hear this episode and past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash inlandedition. You can also listen to Inland Edition on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or search for Inland Edition on your favorite streaming service. Inland Edition is a production of KVCR News. Support for this production, including writing and editing, comes from Rick Dulop, Sharina Wad, and David Fleming. And we get technical website and social media support from Tim Steidel, Sean Houlihan, and Natasha Coles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.